So I started blasting. Hello and welcome to Valiant Odyssey, a live play D&D podcast played by a group of friends with nothing better to do. We're sitting around the table here. I have Key, I have Felix, I have Zendardus, and I have Halrod the Haunted. We're going to conclude this adventure, the last leg. Let's jump right into it. The last we left off, this group had just gone down for a rest after being successful in earning a page from the spirit-bound tome from the freighter's pit brawl. As you take this rest, you know that Arden wants to see you upon the morrow. So you awaken, you get your things together. Felix, you require a new weapon that you collect from the armory. And as you begin walking into Arden's office, you're sort of playing with it, dismantling it as you do. And the four of you now stand in front of him. You see his brown mop of hair is quite disheveled. And it looks like he hasn't slept very much. And you watch as well as he sort of scruffs his mustache that seems to be growing over his five o'clock shadow. And he looks towards you and he says, Some of you I've told of this, all this journey. Others of you, this will be news to you. You watch as Xenophred enters, who is uh, Zendardus' father. As he enters, you can see this magnetometer in his hands, this bronze-looking device with swirling rings around it and a twirling compass needle. As he holds it and lays it down on the table, you watch as Arden then places a map and then this small tube-like device with a semicircle-like bronze ring with measurements protruding around it and he lays that on the table as well. He points to the magnetometer and he says, the magnetometer. He points to the piece of paper and he says, the map of the dry expanse. And he looks to the other one and he says, and this is the octant. All three are navigational tools used in the past for people to successfully navigate the dry expanse. As you know, the dry expanse is a wasteland and the parts that are traveled by the common folk and the Tabaxi and Leonin tribes, well, they're not the most deadly of things that lay there. Luckily enough for you, you are not the four that I task with going into this area to find the Archaic. They have already left. But they will need help. Help which we will deliver to them. They could waste no time, and as a result, they are already heading their way east to try and find the Skyward Spire. Once they make it there, they will truly be in hot water and the dry expanse. So, these three items need to make their way to Undercliff safely. By making their way to Undercliff, you will then deliver them to a man by the name of Braxton. You will recognize him because he has quite a long brown beard. He has hair that goes down to the small of his back. He wields a bow like no other. He happens to be my son. He is one of the few that I trust with these objects. And he is the one that I entrust to deliver the three objects to my other son, Rangar. Xanifred. And you watch as Xanifred nods. And Arden continues. He says, Xanifred has 
only entrusted his life's work and his device to his sons and daughters. I am entrusting the map and the octant to you, Halrod. These three items need to find them way, their way to Braxton. And Key, you and Felix should make yourself scarce in Cadmia after your nightly excursions. But this comes at a good time. Four of you together will determine whether this quest succeeds or fails. We need to know what Delnak is up to. We need to intercept him in his course and destroy him if possible before he causes more damage than he already has. While you are gone, the other members of the Odyssey will defend this city as best they can from the terrors that the pages will unfold if released. One less now resides on the streets thanks to you four. So prepare as you must and make your way to Undercliff. And you watch as he moves his hand over one of the light stones on his desk and it turns green. You watch oh. as Xenifred moves towards you and gives you a hug. Zen? I'll hug him back and uh, then I'll take the Magnumonderma. As you take it, you pick it up and Xenifred looks to you and says, take this too. And you see that it's a stack of paper, probably about the size of a notepad. And he says, I've written down some brief instructions for you. This should help you to memorize the coordinates and, well, how to use the device. You'll probably have to train the one that you give it to in order so they can use it on their quest. It's simple, really. It's all, it's all written down here. And as you flick through it, it looks completely ordered to you. But Halrod, you look over the shoulder and it's just like fucking notes everywhere. It's messy as crap. You can see little parts of it sort of sticking out all over the place as well. Different pages torn. You watch as he pulls out this foldable page and it's like a diagram of stars. And you're just looking at it, Zen, with complete confidence. And you fold it back up and put it away. You watch as Arden moves his hands over to the map and to the octant. And he hands it towards you. You open the map, unroll it. Arden looks to you and says, It's more than it seems, Halrod. I'll take your word for it, Arden. Obviously, I'm not the one who needs to read it. I just need to get it there. He looks to you. And you, Felix. And also you, Key. He says, May the gods protect you. Or whoever you pray to protect you. And at that, you guys leave. Undercliff bound. Is there anything you guys would like to do before you leave the city of Cadmia? Shopping montage. So I'll say that you guys make your way to Rishal's, who resides within your cul-de-sac, and you eventually get there, find the small gnome individual at the door, and he says, oh, oh, oh hello, uh, members of the Valley and Odyssey Adventures Guild, I believe I owe you 50% off, so um, so please, uh, uh, seek my wares, and take what you will for the price of 50% off, as I said. So you take your belongings, your potions, Stockton, in your inventory. Um, Halrod, I'll say that Arden gave you a letter before you left as well he just handed you a letter and you read it as you exit the shop and it is from group it says dear Halrod it's was a blessing to see you and see that you were alive and well if at all possible I request your presence and the presence of some of your companions at the shining festival to bid farewell to winter 
in Undercliff. Yours sincerely, Group. Orki knows that Arden wanted you guys to go to Undercliff in order to run security basically at the festival. Mm. So you've got a couple of reasons to go to Undercliff at the moment. Huzzah, to Undercliff. Mm-hmm. All right. Brookazar. So leaving early in the morning, you guys take the trade road and begin exiting the city of Cadmia. You begin moving through the city of the dead, uh, which is the picnic area where mausoleums and things stand. And people seem to be taking in the day's sunlight. The weather seems to be getting colder, although the sun still appears to be shining. And as you exit the city and leave, you take the dirt road, followed by forest, toward Undercliff. After an hour or so of traveling and carts moving left and right of you, you begin to come to a T intersection where you can see a large group of people are gathered. You know you're probably about 30 to 40 minutes out of Undercliff. And you can see a lot, like there's just a large gathering. There seems to be traders of all kinds. There seems to be a woman that's crying into a man's shoulder. And you can see there seems to be a cart and horses that seem to be stalled. And they're all looking off the side of this crossroad at the moment. Beyond them, you can see a singular bridge that seems to go over a small river. And you can hear it trickling uh, in the distance, as well as the the crying and sobbing of these uh, trader-like individuals. Well, we should um, investigate what's going on. Like, come on, lads, I'm just make my way over to another party that I've gathered. Okay. There's Andardis, Felix, and Key following. You make your way towards the front of this pack, and there's probably about nine or so individuals here. All appear to be human, all appear to be peasants or traders or businessmen of some kind. And they're looking off the road, and you listen to them cry, and they say, it was, it was disgusting. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't look at it any longer. And you watch as the man says, it's okay. God, they must have seen Druid. I immediately scared the area. Um, roll a perception check. Nat 20. Okay. So all of you, except for Zendardus, who is feverishly reading the instruction booklet given to him about the magnetometer, you all begin scanning the area and you take a layered approach. You look into the bushes that seem to be highly uh, thick and foliaged and you can see that there is also like a, a mid layer and then the ground layer. You can see an opening that seems to be well-traveled, seems to open up into the brush. As you look through there, it seems to go for about 20 or so feet and then it opens up into a larger opening that seems to be cut into the foliage purposefully. You can see what looks like the remains of a fire that seems to have been long snuffed out. And you guys know this having traveled the road before that this seems to be one of those reviver sites for um, various travelers along the way. People go there to sleep. Lying down, all you can see is their boots still Seems to be a humanoid body. Key, you see further than that and see a second body laying horizontally and you see two to three arrows sticking out of their chest. I'll move over to the bodies to investigate. You push through the crowd without saying a word and you watch as the nine individuals seeing you guys. One of the older gruffer men say, it's the Valiant Odyssey Guild. Step away, folks. They'll handle this. And you watch as the older guy just sort of moves these gentlemen away and the woman away. And you watch as the cart actually begins to continue its way towards Cadmia. Key, you begin making your way into the thicket. Are you guys following? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to speak to the old man first. Yep. He's just loading a woman up onto the cart as he speaks to you and he turns around to you. 
Oh, I just asked what happened. He looks to you and he says, Well, we happened upon it just before. There seemed to be two people that unfortunately lost their lives in the night. They were attacked by something or someone. Must be coming from Undercliff, just over the rise. They rested here at the night. They never woke. They, um, they don't know the people at all? He says to you as you say that, he says, I didn't know them personally, but she did. And you look and she's like crying. Uh, I know this will be hard, but could you tell me anything? Could help? She looks at you and she says, you're from the guild, right? Yes. The Odyssey Guild? Well, you can help us. They were our neighbours in Undercliff. They were turnip farmers. They were making their shipment to Cadmia. They needed to get their last money before the harvest, before winter came. They were peaceful people. And no enemies. I don't know why this would have happened. Very tragic. We will do our best to find out what happened. I will make a donation to the guild upon my entry to Cadmia. It is... It's fine. She gives a nod to you. The rest of you begin making your way into this thicket. And as you do, I'll get you to roll... You can roll a history check, Alrod. The rest of you can roll survival checks. Being seasoned adventurers and well-read in your case, Zendatis. You walk in and you can see that their cart seems to be completely ransacked turnips strewn all over the place there seems to be a place where the horse used to stand but seems to have been cut free Uh, there seems to be hoof prints all over the area and then a break in the foliage where the horse seems to have ran and you also see the two dead bodies one of them seems to have an arrow uh, three sorry arrows sticking out of its chest the other one seems to have a cut from basically jugular to to chest as you look towards them and you specifically look at the arrows Halrod you know this to be a goblin ambush. Ah, yes. Now we're talking. Terrible for these people, but now we get to do one of my favorite things in the whole world. What's that? Hunt goblins. Why well, is that your favorite? Do I have to go into the story again? I I don't know the story. You don't know the story? Fine. I, let's, let's load up the violins. Um... <laughs> Basically, uh, I used to live in Undercliff, and it was besieged by goblin raids quite often until we formed a uh, stronger militia to repel them. And um, during one of the raids, the uh, love of my life, my to be uh, my betrothed, disappeared. I've never seen her again. I'm sorry. So now whenever I have the chance to hunt down goblins, I will kill them. Not before I torture them from information. Basically painting all goblins with the same brush. Yes, the same evil brush. They're all disgusting critters. It's just that you don't want to walk into a, a goblin den without being properly prepared. Like, there's strength in numbers when it comes to goblins. They're not fun. Separate them. They're good for hunting, but they're not fun to fight on mass. Much as I know that you want to hunt down these goblins, they're going to have to wait, unfortunately. Perhaps you could hunt them down on the way back after you've finished the job. We know where to start looking. All right, you, you make sense, okay? The, the job is time sensitive. 
Okay, okay, we'll deliver the um, items and then on the way back, this we'll hunt down the goblin nest and destroy it. Okay. Besides, Zendarsis doesn't like, like the idea of uh, throwing a goblin's nest. I don't like violence. I mean, I wasn't really supposed to be here, but I, I got so selected out of all of Wysani Academy and now I'm here. Fair enough. Must right. see something in you. So you, we'll continue on to Wondercliff then. You watch as the older man that Felix had been talking to moves in and picks up this this pair, this man and this woman, cradle style, and moves them into the back of his cart and covers them over with a, a cloth. Uh, their belongings left there, but you watch as that cart begins its way back toward Cadmia as you continue your way to Undercliff. You begin making your way further toward the further towards the east. And as you begin the down the weaving path, you eventually see Undercliff nestled on top of one of the, the smaller hills. You can see the cornfields in the background and the large mountain that seems to tower over the small farming community that you had once climbed midway up of to find uh, Felix and where the eventual death of Thorzite was. And as you make your way up this rise, you begin to hear lyre music, like harp music being played throughout the the actual village. And as you begin making your way down, you can see a lot of people seem to be gathered in the central courtyard surrounding the well. You make your way across the large bridge that seems to enter Underhill. And you also see that large building that used to house group. And uh, it had the stag horns on the front of it for Mardol. As you pass by, you can see people recognize you immediately, Halrod, as you begin moving through and they begin waving to you as well. You watch as children begin making their way up to you and grab onto parts of your beard and they say, Halrod, 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 you're back. I am back. <clears throat> Let go of the beard. Do you have anything for us? Every time you come back, you usually bring something. Oh, what do I have for you? Um, as you begin rummaging through your pack, you watch as there is now five children around you because mm. when you tell one child you're going to give them something, more of them show up. Like seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, I pull out this little hand axe that I've got. See this? This I took from an assassin. A real life assassin? Hey, where do you think I got that scar from? Oh my goodness. Howrod, Howrod, Howrod. And you watch as they begin shouting your name as you begin running through, the, they begin running through the pastures. You see a cow field and you see various people sort of moving different wares around and you can see the usual market is taking place in the area. What you also see is people gathered and dressed in brown and green robes. And you know that to be customary of um, a Mardol-like celebration. As you move around, you can see music being played by various different string instruments. And you also see children playing in various different areas as well. It looks like a very festive vibe. You also know that the Shining Festival is a celebration, but also a farewell for Mardol, uh, where she leaves the plane of guitar for a portion of time to find her love, Orbin. And that is when... Winter comes, basically. Uh, so she's the mistress of the seasons and fertility and agriculture and crops and things like that. So they pray to Mardol, give her a swift farewell to promote her search that happens quickly and then in the hopes of the harvest rejuvenating upon spring's return. So as this is happening, you watch as various different celebratory events are happening around you. What would you guys like to do? First things first, uh, Braxton, give them items. Well, uh, maybe we should go to places where people socialize in this village. 
Maybe we can get some information. Is there like a hunter's lodge or an archery range or something around? Um, there's not so much a hunter's lodge. There is the the grand hall where everybody seems to gather, but there there is quite a few inns and taverns and things like that. But you can see various different people. There's one person that seems to be housing a like a competition that seems to involve people hitting something heavy, and you can see another person that seems to be involving a, a sort of activity where people are like throwing different things at targets and things like that, and they all seem to be exchanging just valuables in, in the space. Uh, I'll get you guys to roll perception checks. Okay, so Halrod and Key, you looking around the place, you don't see very many warrior types. But Halrod, with your 23, you do see a woman that you reckon uh, she was the one that greeted you when you returned and was happy to see you back. Yeah, Mira, she sees you and she waves. Yeah, I wave back to Mira. <laughs> she makes her way over to you and she looks towards the rest of you and she says, you're back. You returned. I, um, business Twice in one season. Well, business brought me back to Undercliff again. You've come at just the right time because... You know, and during a shining festival, as dusk hits, group is going to light the eternal flame that's supposed to keep us warm and guide Idris across the sky in Mardel's stead. Been a few, been a few winters since I've seen that. Well, the Lantern Festival afterwards is a sight to be seen, as you know. Your friends, have you have you seen a Lantern Festival before? Oh, I'd say I have. Well, just picture a thousand lights traveling up into the sky and. Meeting Idris on his run across the valley. It's like new stars rising into the sky, is it, Dartus? It sounds like a destruction. She looks to you and says, oh, You said business. Is there anything that I can help you with? Surely I can. I, I got a letter from group saying he wanted to see me, and we're also looking for a gentleman by the name of Braxton. Braxton. I don't know if this is his name, but... Well, He has a beard, a long head, to the small of his back. Ah, yes. He's um, a big bow. He, he's frequenting uh, the boar's head. You can go and find him there. Oh, not the pub again. Well, that's where everybody stays when they come here, Harold. Mm. You know that. Yeah, I know. I just hope they've cleaned up room three. Well, I, I, what? I hope so too. What happened in room three? As you say that, she looks around to the rest of you and says, there is whispers that a, well, an, an adventurer type has rolled into town. As you know, gossip spreads quickly. But um, there's also been whispers that um, the goblins are back. Been raiding people on the road. Yeah, we've we been saw, told to be careful. We, we saw um, some evidence of that on the road before. She looks towards you all and says, well, I'm glad you made it here safely. Oh, it's goblins. That was piss ass. <laughs> looks towards you all and says, meanwhile, we've taken down a 60 foot snake. Well, that, that is a story that should be told over a fire and a, a glass of mead or, well, milk. Milk, yes. <laughs> Well, Still maintaining sobriety, no, even though Thorzite's no longer with us. She nods and says, I was sorry to hear his passing. He was quite a lovable gnome. He was uh, one of the best friends a man could ask for. She looks to you all and says, I should warn you as well, there's also been whispers of a um, man in black circling the village. I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or something that the MacGuffins have keeping in you, there. Uh, do you have any other description of him? Well, they just call him the man in black, but I, I think that the MacGuffins are trying to scare their children, honestly. They're trying to put them into bed early. So well, the man in black well, will take you. Well, let's face it, the MacGuffin children have always been unruly. That's that's what I said, but we always have to say run- that with harsh voices. Their parents, you know, mm, they never... Always running off it. of my tools from the smith. Well, Bastard. did you ever get that hammer back, by oh, the way? I never got that hammer back. 
They said they didn't take it, and I tried to think of the them. No. <laughs> you look as she laughs, and he says, well, little scamps, I'm sure we were not the same when we were younger. I think they tossed it down the well. I wish you well, and I might see you at the Lantern Festival, all of you. I'll say a prayer for you. Then I will say one for you and for this town as well. She bows her head to all of you, and she actually goes towards Halrod and puts her forehead against his forehead and bids you all farewell. You know that you know, Halrod, that that's a gesture for anybody that supports Mardol mm-hmm. or religiously believes in her. Almost like a blessing or a farewell. Leaving you all in the centre of this square area. Another sighting of a man in black. Mm. I think if we were to ignore that, it might be to our detriment. Well, I think first things first, though, we... Indeed, we'll meet up with uh, this Braxton, hand over the devices, go see group and be on our way. We should probably get something to eat as well. Need to keep our energy up. Indeed. They do some good food at the boar's head. So you make your way swiftly to the boar's head and you can see that there is a large boar's head above the indoor and you can see there's two double doors that swing open as you enter. You do take a quick glance over at room three and you do see that the windows are completely barred with wood and so is the balcony itself is also, the balcony door is also barred shut with wood. As you enter, you can see a barmaid that seems to be on, seems to be human, uh, red curly hair that goes down to the middle of her back, and you can see that she has these freckles across her face and plump cheeks, and she looks at you and she gives a nod to you guys as you enter and you take a booth. As you scan the room, I'd like you to roll perception check. Felix and Zendardas, as you guys look around, you can tell that the there is tourists here, basically. It's full. You can hear music that's coming from one of the bards that's playing over in the way. Probably a character you guys recognize. You see Leilani, the bard that used to hang around with Leonidas playing in the in the bar. You also notice as well Felix and Halrod. There seems to be a gentleman sitting by himself that meets the description of Braxton. He seems to be sitting there and you can see him just eating a table, a plate full of meat and vegetables as he gets there. You see as he puts his fork and knife down and takes a hefty skull of mead puts it back down and then continues to eat. What would you guys like to do? Yeah, that looks like Braxton over there. We probably don't all need to crowd him. What if uh, maybe just one of us goes there, represents Valiant Odyssey Fields? Anyway, Zen and I will go give Braxton the the items. I might join you, Felix. You want me to pick you up something to eat? Ah, yes. I'll meet you over there momentarily. So what would you order from this lady at the bar, Key? Uh, I ask what they've what they've got. What's what's what have they got good? Various different pies. There's slabs of meat that can give, be given to you as well as hearty vegetables. I might get two steak and ale pies. Okay. Uh, she takes your order, takes your gold. We'll say one gold for both. You make your way over to Felix. As you join him, Leilani finishes her to- song. She finally strums on her her lyre, and as she says, "Thank you to the crowd. Thank you so much." Uh, remember. I don't eat for free here, so tips, thank you. And you watch as she moves her way around to a drink, tips it and looks back to you and she says, you two. I know, I know you two. You guys are from the Valiant Odyssey. Uh, Leila, is, is she a tabaxi as well? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't think we've really ever spoken, but I have seen you around the Odyssey. Yeah, I've never really been introduced. I'm Leilani. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Felix and Keith. Nice oh, to meet you, boys. You too. My, my mouth is stuffed with food, though. I'm just like... He hands a pie to you as well, and you just take it in your paw and hold it while you're talking. Um, so what brings you to Undercliff? Well, I came to Undercliff because, well, 
Quite frankly, the pubs at the Dock Ward, they were getting sick of my songs, so I needed to make money elsewhere at the at Undercliff. I heard the Shining Festival was happening, so what better time? And, you know, I'm loyal to Leonidas, but nobody's seen him for almost a week now. Yeah. We haven't seen him around Odyssey as well. We thought he might have been on our quest or something. That's what we thought as well, but we, we've just got no information. He stuck around in a cave. We fought a snake. And the Archmage came in, teleported us out, but he wanted to stay. So that was the last time we seen him. He stayed there. Well, he's probably still at the Sonia. He'll, he'll come down when he's good and ready, I guess. What about his friend? Uh, what was his name? Britain? Breton? Breton. Yeah. Have you heard from, heard of from, he was still, still there too. Well, I take orders from Breton when Leo is not there and uh, he gave me a leave of absence. So I'll check back into Cadmia in a few days, but... Breton should be around. To my knowledge, he hasn't left Cadmia. So maybe if you check with him, he might have been the last to see him. Well, I've seen him since he saw Leo and he wouldn't leave him if he knew he was in trouble. Unless there was no way to find him here. He gives a nod to you and says, excuse me, I've got to gotta finish off my set. Yes, yeah, sure, go ahead. Enjoy. And she goes, one, two, three. And you watch as she starts. <laughs> and at that uh, we cut now to a gentleman with a very long beard that seems to have been pushed over his shoulder a hefty bow leaning against the side of the table and you can see him drop his uh, he just shoves a sort of potato in his mouth and goes and grabs the ale meat and just drinks and you hear him gulping as he puts it back down and he goes "Ah," audibly he hears you approach and as you approach he says don't be getting in the way of me and my meal and he just continues to stuff his face Ah, oh, we won't take your time, Braxton Cassian. He looks to you, raises an eyebrow and says, I've actually taken my mother's last name. My mistake. But it's good to know you know my father. He must be from the guild. We are indeed. We're here on a quest from him. Right, so you have the map, the octant, and the magnet. Magnet. What's the, it? The magnet thingy, yes. That device that I'd... Anyway, I have to deliver it to my brother. According to... Well, Arden. Oh, you have to deliver it to Rengar? Yeah. Holds out a hand. He slides it over, looks at it. And here are the instructions. Right. Do you have an hour or so you run me through it? I'm not much of a a reading kind of guy. Oh, it's fine. It'll take you all of two minutes to figure it out. Let's just say that it won't. Take a seat. Okay. So my father seems to hire all kinds of different sorts at the Valley and Odyssey these days. He's, uh, he's very useful as in Darts. Hey, I've learned not to judge a book by its cover. Mm. My brother, they say, passed through here about 24 hours ago. I just missed him. But it's good that you've come here in a timely fashion because, well, the further east he heads, the harder he's going to be to track. So I'll take these items and make sure he gets them. Apparently he needs them to... Succeed on a world-ending quest. It's just like my brother, Renga. How's my dad? He looks like he needs a nap. Yeah, he's, he is overworked. He just needs another cup of tea. He'll be fine. Oh, he's still drinking tea. Told him to move on to ale. It's much more hearty. Hits you in the right spot, if you know what I mean. And he drinks and he says, Surely you'd know you're a dwarf. I knew that a little too well. Ah, 
Now I'm uh, sober. You're joking. No. He's serious. He looks towards them. A sober dwarf. Well, now I've seen it all. In Undercliff, no doubt. In a festival. Your demons are going to be hard-pressed upon your soul this week. Mm. I do miss my uh, sobriety sponsor. There, there, big fella. But I am. Um, but every day I don't drink is a day I honor him. Well, we're going there. Okay. Mm. <laughs> he sort of sits down, pushes his plate across, and he says, So the instructions on this device? Yes. And I'll start running him through everything. Um, All right. And you are bored by an hour's worth of tech speak, um, Halrod. As that occurs, you watch as he picks them up and he says, looks to all of you. It was a pleasure to meet you all. At this time, I imagine Key and Felix has come over as well. Enjoy the festival. I'm heading east. Oh, give this to my father. And you watch as he hands you a ring. Pick it up and put it away. What is it? Uh, roll a perception check. It's a golden ring with a green inlaid gem. And you see an emblem of two stag horns on it. Seems like a signet ring of some kind. And he looks to you and he says, Thank you. I'll take my leave. Oh, and dwarf impressive beard. Thank you. I get, your beard's quite fine as well. The braiding's a little much. Watch as he walks out, takes his bow, slings it over his shoulder. And he leaves. All right. Uh, we have to see a friend of yours. Ah, uh, yes, group. Let's go. Right, we'll head back to the um, the Grand Hall. That's where group will be. All right. As you... How was your steak and ale pie? Oh, it was really good. What do you think, Felix? Uh, I think it was a little dry. He does come from a mead village. Fair enough. You exit and you begin making your way to where you know group to be often. The Grand Hall that uh, pays homage to Mardol. And during events like this, you know that that hall is usually closed off uh, for sacred prayer to Mardol mm-hmm. uh, by the priestesses. You get to the outward door and you can see that it's completely locked. And this actual house you can see has an indented sort of uh, entryway area that seems to semicircle around into these large double doors. You can see what looks like large wooden structures uh, that seem to have two sort of column-like buildings on either side and then that stag head uh, or head of horns over the top. You can see a garden that seems to be moving around it. It seems to hit into this fence line that goes around the back and you hear running water coming from the back. Having been in here before, you know that comes from like a rejuvenation pool given to Mardol. Uh, As you get to the door, you shake it. It's locked and you know know why, Halrod. Should I uh, roll a perception check to see if I can see group nearby? Yep, roll a perception check. But you do see a priestess that seems to be tending the garden and she's sort of manoeuvring these vines naturally across one of these thickets to make sure it grows in the appropriate way. Um, She's the only person that you see around aside from the many festival goers behind you. Mm. But she's just humming. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get her attention and I'll be like, Your Eminence, have you seen group? He looks at you and says, Group has not been seen all day. He said he was confining to his quarters until, well, the lighting of the eternal flame. Right. Is there a problem? No, no, I'm just looking for him. Uh, he asked to see me when I came to Wondercliff. Are you a personal friend? Um, I was going to be his son-in-law. 
I imagine so. She stands up and she says, you are Halrod. That's correct. I'm sure he would like an audience with you. I myself has not been in the temple since yesterday, as the priestesses have been praying all night. I'll open the door for you. Oh, thank you very much. We'll try not to interrupt them. You watch as she moves over and you can see uh, this key is taken out and unlocked. And as she leaves the door, she doesn't open it, but she moves away from it. Don't interrupt the priestesses. I must outside. I'm, I might do the same. So at that, you watch as Halrod opens the door. Key, you follow. And Zen and Felix, you stand in the courtyard and just look at the garden, smelling the flowers that hit your nostrils as well. That shadow figure. Those <laughs> MacGuffin people, we could talk to them. Might be a good idea. Try and kill a couple of birds with two stones. Uh, kill a couple of birds with one stone. I don't like killing. A bad analogy? Uh, we could just do other things. They'll help us later on. Okay. At that, you both exit and begin... Seeking the town for where the MacGuffin's farm is. Whilst you two enter, you enter this main alleyway, or not alleyway, this main sort of entrance room of this uh, temple. And you can see what looks like a, a statue to Mardol. You can see this woman that appears to be pregnant in a flowing gown. And you can see behind her is what looks like a, a standing stag that is very tall and very regal looking. Uh, the statue is pure white and at her feet there appears to be a pool. Uh, there seems to be a door to the left and the right that seems to be open into the hall. And as you enter, you kind of get like a chilling vibe. Like usually this place is lit up and warm and uh, full of choral singing. But you enter and it's eerily silent. You can hear like creaking of some wood coming from beyond and you actually hear the pitter-patter of the water that's in the fountain. As Felix, uh, not Felix, sorry, as Key stands next to you and begins to dart off into the shadow, you know it's customary as you enter to sort of tap the water onto your body as you go in. Mm. Normally I would, but it just seems something like something's very wrong. I'm looking around and I'm expecting to see the priestess praying, but they're not there. So this is like the entryway mm. and there is like a hallway that goes to the left and the right that goes into a larger chamber where you know that processions are held. Mm. So this is, you entered the room previously and you found groups sitting at the table in the room beyond. Yep. All right, so I'd move towards the room beyond. Mm-hmm. And you watch him do so, Key. And as you enter, you usually see candlelight in here, especially when people are praying. Mm. You can see that what remains of the afternoon sun shining through the stained glass window, the picture of coloured glass emanating through onto the floor. There are quite a few shadows in here as no candles seem to be lit and there seems to be no singing at all. As you enter and you look quite closely at the different areas of the place, I'd like you to roll perception check, please. Okay, so Key, you sort of sit yourself in the shadow and you're watching Halrod's movements and he's rather cautious for somebody who's entering a temple. And you, Halrod, look and you see the light shining on the floor is mixes of greens and yellows and reds and natural light that seems to be poking through, but... The wooden floorboards seem to look different in one patch of shadow. As you look towards it, they seem to be darkened. You begin making your way there and you can see one of the priestesses lying, cold dead, arrow in her chest. You look around at this point and you can see others, two, three, four of them, same fate. They seem to be in praying position, arrows in the back, most of them, one in the chest. They seem to be lying in pools of their own blood. 
Yeah, so immediately I'm going to pull out my battle axe and then just whisper the key because I know he can hear me with his cat ears. Prepare yourself. I, I, I hear that and um, I pull out my, um, my quarter stuff ready just in case. Okay. So at that, you look around and you can see in this area the various different sort of shadows beginning to move in the top sort of ranks of this temple. You hear the chittering of voices. You would probably know it to be goblin voices. Goblins. And at that, you watch as we'll roll initiative. As we cut in, you watch as Halrod gets his hand axes or his weapons ready. Key, you pull out your weapons as well. And you watch as these three shadows that you can see move their way in front of the stained glass window and they look back down to you and they chitter at each other in their goblinoid voices. You watch as they load their bows and seem to be ready to attack. And you can see uh, the priestesses that seem to have been lying on the floor are now uh, slain by them. At that point, Halrod, you have first turn. Goblins can't come down and fight like men. No. I'm going to pull out the oath bow and I'm going to attack. All right. So you look at this one. He seems to have these yellow eyes and he's just looking at you down the end of his bow. This filthy long-nosed goblin with his toothy maw. Oh, baby. 16 damage. Very good. So 16 damage. Your arrow is loosed, and as soon as it's loosed, you feel like the shot is definitely a good one as you pin the goblin directly into the shoulder. Uh, is that your turn? Bonus action, I'm at rage. Okay, cool. Why not? You smash your bow against your chest as you begin raging. Key, you're up. You're an angry man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're only 20 feet above me? 30 feet above 30 me. feet above me? Yep. Could just jump up there. I'll say you can do because you've got your whip. I'll say that you can whip the rafters and you can climb up of it with a athletics check if you want as your action. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, roll an athletics check for me. Ten. Uh, I'll say you're able to get the whip attached with your action, but you go to climb up it and you probably only get halfway this turn. Uh, you do have a bonus action. Yeah, so we'll use step of the window. Use one key point. Okay. So you watch as you climb up, you slip down a little bit halfway through your climb, but you eventually hand or pour over pour. You get up on top of the rafters, sling your way up, and you're now level with the three goblins that seem to be chittering and looking your way. At that, it comes to Felix's turn. Felix, you're just about to exit the courtyard with Zen in tow, heading towards the MacGuffin farm. And as you do, you hear the ringing of Halrod's battle cry coming from within the temple, and you hear three clanging sounds as something hard is being hit on a metal breastplate. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll turn to Zen as we're walking out. I'll stop. Like, <sighs> What's up? Deep eye, I'm like fighting something in there. In the church? Yes. We better go find out. And I'll start making my way to the door. Yep. I'll use my feline agility. Yep. So you are 30 feet away from the door. So you rush to the door, you bust it open, and then you move five feet feet out the side window, passing the, uh, not the window, sorry, door, passing the statue of Mardol and the stag. And then you get basically inside where you can see Halrod shooting up at these three individuals that seem to be in the rafters. And you see Key with his whip climb up the banister uh, as you enter. So you would be positioned right here with movement to spare at the moment. Yep. So that's about 40 feet so far. Yep. 40 feet movement so far. So another 40 feet. So I'll move 40 feet towards where the goblins are. And as you move 40 feet towards them, there is an elevation that happens. So that red one would be 30 feet above you, yeah. Above me. So you run to the rafter that it's standing above and you look directly up and you can see 
pretty much right above you. My hands start glowing in the radiant light, mm-hmm. and I'll use my radiant sunbolt so I get three foot range when okay. attacks, and I'll just um, yep. So I started blasting. Go for it. Uh, that one is fourteen. Fourteen is going to be a hit. Uh, so that's five points of radiant damage Very for nice. the first hit. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. I'll use I'll use a key point to do two more radiant. Uh, that'll be nineteen to hit. One hit. Uh, eighteen to hit. Two hits. Roll your damage. That's five radiant damage again. Uh, and that's eight radiant damage. Nice. nice. So you basically bust in through the door, run through the statue, and go directly underneath them, skid to a stop, and just three blasts of sunlight just hit this goblin directly, underlit by this blazing sunlight. You watch as this goblin just shies away and just sort of cackles as it looks down towards you, Felix. Seeing that you're in the battle, then brings us to their turn if you're finished. Yep. You watch as one begins hopping along the banisters. Two of them, sorry, hop along the banisters, the two that aren't in combat with Key. And as they hop along the banisters, you watch as they knock two arrows. And as they knock two arrows, they're going to fire them both at Key. Uh, the first one is going to be a 15. And the second one is going to be a 22. Oof. Uh, 22 hits. Okay, so the first arrow sails past you. The next one is going to hit you, and they will get sneak attack damage. Because there's an ally within five feet. Uh, you can catch this bolt and reduce the damage if you want to. I will. Uh, I rolled very poorly. You take eight points of damage. So you have to reduce... If you do reduce the damage to zero, you can throw the arrow back. Nice. I'll throw it at the yellow one. Okay. So you watch as the first arrow bolt shoots towards you, you duck it and it hits into the wooden temple wall behind you. The next one hits and you do a flip and as you do a flip, you catch it in midair and on the uh, underside of your flip return, you flick it back at the other uh, goblin, roll your attack. All right, so I just rolled a 21. To hit, that'll hit. Yep. Yep. Seven damage. Seven points of damage, very nice. You throw it and it hits it directly into the throat. It's looking extremely rough. And then on the rest of both of their turn... You watch as they begin running through the shadows of the rafters. One of them runs behind one of the poles and is going to attempt to hide. So the green one disappears from your side, its last known location being there. The yellow one is going to run along the rafters again and it's going to get to the center of the room and start skittering upways and it disappears from your sight as well. All of you see where this one's hidden. So all, all of you, except for you Zendatus, who's not in the room, but you can see him as soon as you jump in. So you see that he's sort of climbed the rafters a bit and he's hiding in this shadowed area. He's sort of Spider-Man himself in between the crevice of the wall and he's sort of just holding himself up there, tending to his wounds and trying to reload his bow as he's doing the same thing. Uh, the next one here with red eyes seems to look towards Yuki, draws a, a scimitar, this rusty-looking uh, daggery blade, and he is going to hit at you twice. Uh, the first one is going to be a 20, not natural. The second one's a natural one. You take four points of slashing damage as he guts you with it. Uh, the second attack, however, you just sort of catch between your paws in a clapping style. You just sort of catch it. And he looks at you and he's just like, there's so something in goblinoid that you may or may not understand. Then brings us to Zen's turn. You are now left in the courtyard alone. Uh, how far away am I from the front doors? You would probably be about 25 feet from the front doors. Cool. I'll just uh, use all my movement to go up and inside. So you're standing in front of this statue of marble white marble that looks like marble on the stag. Mm. 
I'm not able to see anyone or anything, can I? No, that's a completely wooden wall there in front of you. Door's not being left open? The, both of the doors are left open, but they're the doors heading to the left and the right head uh, directly to the wall there. Right. Um, I'll dash. All right, so you run and you clock that goblin on the roof and you see it just like <laughs> at you and you're like, ah, and you run towards the edge of the room and then that's your turn as you sort of catch your breath as best that you can. Wait, no, Hex as a bonus action on the yellow one. Okay, cool. He is Hex. You watch as the stars begin circulating his head again. He's hexed. Then brings us to Halrod's turn. So you can see two of these goblins that seem to be chattering in their view. One of them you've lost track of, but you know it's still here somewhere. I might aim up at the yellow one that's in the round rafters above me. Like, I still see you, dumbass. <laughs> Roll your attack. <laughs> That'll hit. Roll your damage. Oh, he smoked. That was an eight. He is uh, well into so ten. So yeah, you fire the arrow into his chest, and you can either pin him to the roof or. Pin, uh, shoot him and make him drop down. What do you want to do? I'll oh, shoot him and make him drop down. All yeah. right. Too much of a mess pinning him to the roof. As you shoot him, you watch as the arrow hits him square in the chest and then you watch as his lifeless body loses grip of the railings and he falls directly down next to you. You take one step to the left and he just crumples down in front of you. So you watch as you fall, a shooting star moves through the uh, temple and you watch as it attaches itself to the red goblin fighting key. All right. That your turn, Halrod? Uh, I will move. <laughs> All right. You make your way further into the temple to make sure that you are in range of anything that comes near you. Brings us to Key's turn. You're facing off with a goblin individual with a sharp and shiny scimitar, or rusted scimitar, rather. I, I attack with my quarterstaff. Go for it. 26. 26 hits. Eight bludgeoning damage. Very good. Knock him off the rafter so I can cleave his head off. I'll use Flurry of Blows. Go for it. Oh, natural 20. Beautiful. Two natural 20s. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Roll your damage. That is sick. And you have to think of a really epic way to destroy this goblin. This guy's getting panned. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's 7 and 11. Yeah. 7 and 11 is 18 total. Yeah. How do you want to kill him? Okay. <laughs> Because I'm standing right next to him, I pull out my whip, and what I do is I fling it, and my whip actually at the base where my where the handle is wraps all the way around his neck, right? And then I turn around and I pull. Literally, as it uncoils, it is ripping around his neck until it pops off, and it falls down the rafters. Then I throw a dart. Hits him in the eye and I say, goblin's eye. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Very nice. You get inspiration. All right. Awesome. So as it hits directly into the wooden floor, you can see neck lacerated, the goblin losing life. Uh, there seems to be a quiet hush within the area. All of you can roll perception checks. 13. Okay. So Halrod and also Felix, you guys hear this chittering in the northern northeastern corner of the room you watch buttressed up in the corner there there seems to be a goblin slowly moving its way towards one of the smaller windows attempting to escape so initiative still on keys turn done it's felix's go uh i'll use my so from the ground still like 30 feet away yes so i'll 40 feet to get underneath him mm -hmm. um and i'll just radiant attacks to get him that go for it 
18 for the first hit. Six damage. I'll spend another key point. Uh, and that's 21. Cool. Uh, roll your damage. Uh, eight. All right. So you punch him twice with these radiant sun souls, just <laughs> uh, like, like 20th century fox spotlights. It's shining into the air. Uh, and at that, you watch as he illuminates with light, allowing everybody to see him. Uh, he's going to attempt to move. He's going to use his action to smash the window. And you watch as he begins crawling his way out of it. And he disappears from your view. You do watch, though, as he crawls out the window, you do both all see that he seems to take off toward the right, uh, straight out the window, 30 feet up in the air. What would you guys like to do? Then brings us to Hal Rod's turn. I clearly am not climbing 30 feet up into the rafters, so... Mm -hmm. Within this temple area, you know you know the outlet, the layout because you've been here before. He couldn't have left the grounds yet, uh, so you can attempt to cut this guy off if you need to. So beyond this room, you know there to be a corridor that leads out to a back door where the back garden sits where people worship Mardol. Mm -hmm. So he's technically still in the building even though he's exited a window. Yeah, I'll, I'll dash towards that back corridor. Okay. Trying to keep him in sight. Yeah, and I've got nothing else I can do this turn, so... All right, so you watch as Halrod turns to the right and begins running out the temple doorway to the right, and you watch as he turns upward to try and cut this goblin off. Uh, that then brings us to Key's turn. Um, so I'm standing next to a goblin corpse. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quickly loot it. Uh, that'll be your action. Okay. All right, roll a investigation check. Nine. Uh, you can see that it has... its. Obviously got its short bow and arrows. It's got its uh, scimitar. And you can see it's probably got about three silver pieces and a religious knickknack it might have stolen from a priestess down below. Okay. I'll take the religious knickknack and the and the silver. Mm -hmm. All right. So you take that. What else would you like to do? Uh, start moving towards where Felix is. Okay. Well, actually, is Felix next to the window? Or? Uh, no. No. Um, I'll start moving towards the window. Yeah, you haven't moved last turn either, so you have your feline agility right now. Yeah. Yep, so you can run along the rafters if you want. Yep, I'll do exactly that. Run along the rafters, feline agility. So you watch as Key runs along the rafters, arms back, and you watch as you also duck out the window that the goblin headed down, and you can see that he is within your line of sight. He's probably about 10 feet away from you and about 20 feet below you. He's actually trying to get to the ground level as he's sort of climbing down along the wall. You have a bonus action. I'll jump down. All right, so you drop and basically hit towards the ground. I'll get you to roll an acrobatics check. Too easy, mate. 15. Yep, three-point landing. <laughs> you do a roll like a parkour roll and you get three-point landing and you watch as he's probably about 15 feet ahead of you just about to hit the floor as well. Parkour, parkour. Yep. Uh, Felix, you're up. I'll just start chasing. So Felix, you dash as well. Oh, you, you can't use your feline movement, but you can get out into the hallway. So Felix, you run out into the hallway and you see Halrod directly in front of you chasing him down with fury unknown. Um, since I can't do anything, I'll just use my action to dash so I can catch up to Halrod. Okay. Uh, that then brings us to its turn. It's going to cut down in front of you guys in front of the doorway. And as it runs out in front of the doorway, it's going to look down and see two of you chasing it from its south and Key chasing it from its west. And it's going to try and attempt the door and as it attempts the door you can see that it's locked so he's going to use his action to try and break it which he doesn't do and you watch as he's just like shaking on the door shaking it shaking it shaking it and he looks to the left and looks to the right uh so he's going to use his dash action to run and now it's zen's turn 
Yeah, I just watched the goblin jump through the window, followed by Kiers. Harold and Felix just bolt out the door and I'm just left here all alone. With the bodies of priestesses around you. As yep. you step on one of the carpets, it's soggy and you look and see this pool of blood that you're standing in. They're all dead, hey? There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The blood has even started to, like, coagulate a little bit, so it seems like it was done a few hours ago. Hello? Anyone still alive? No response comes to you. I'm just going to start going that way because they've already started going that way, so I'm trying to find anyone still alive. All right, cool. So you begin searching the temple area, the Grand Hall, to see if there's any survivors as you exit the opposite door to your allies did. Uh, that then brings us to Howard's turn. <laughs> I'm going to try and shoot this motherfucker in the back. Gotcha. So you begin rounding the corner, and as soon as you do, you load up an arrow, aim it down the sights. We have a we have a 19. That'll hit. And that's eight damage. All right, eight damage. Eight damage shoots him directly into the back. You watch as he begins limping. He's still going. And that brings us to Key's turn. I am just going to move so I'm directly in a line with him. And I'll use my whip, mm-hmm. and I'm going to attempt to use my whip to hit his his calf, just to sort of immobilize him with the hope of stopping him. Go for it. Roll your attack. 18. Yep, that's a hit. So that's eight. Eight is going to do it. What? How would you like to kill him slash damage him? Immobilize him. Yep. Um, yeah, so I just, you know, I bring out my whip, and it gets him straight into his, into his calf as he's mid-stride. Yep, stabs him straight through the calf. Yep. And uh, I start pulling on the whip. I'm like, get over here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. As he goes to jump in the air, you do pull him. And as you do, it's almost like pulling him in midair, but you get that jerk backwards as he pulls directly back towards you, lying on the floor. He's immobilized. He's breathing. (sighs) What would you guys like to do? Combat over. Uh, I'm going to march over to him. Like, put my um, boot under his shoulder and flip him over onto his back. Yep. All right, you can talk, my little scales friend. What are you doing in my town? I don't have scales. He's got me there for <laughs> once. Finally, I'm talking to an intelligible goblin. He watches, he talks over his shoulder at you, and he says, What do you want to know? What the hell are you doing in my town? We were told to come here. By who? By Overbite. Ah. He hired a bunch of us. We want a group. The old man, the one that likes likes the priest that's in the temple. All right, where is... Did you find group or have you already kidnapped him? Well, we took him last night. We were told to stay here for run interference. Nobody's following Overbite. So for those of you who don't know, Overbite is a bugbear. He is one of my sworn nemeses and I've had to deal with him a couple of times. And a couple of times I put him in his place and told him never to come back. Well, he came back. Yeah, I gathered that. Thank He's you. got some new toys too. You, you you, better be careful of him. So do I. I flashed the golden oath bow in his face. You know, we can see that, can't we? Mm. Just mumbles under his breath. At okay. this point, uh, you would catch up. Uh, Felix? Uh, I don't think I'm, I think I might turn around and I might try and find Zen since I realize he's not there. I'm like worried that okay. there might have been another yeah. goblin. So he's easy enough to find because he's calling out to people. So you two are together as well. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna like plant my foot on the goblin's neck and be like, "So, tell me where to find group and overbite." I'll tell you, but you gotta let my neck go first. Should I let him go, Key? We do need to hear what he has to say. All right, all right. I'll loosen the boot up. 
Well, what do you want to know? Where's Group and Overbite? Well, we took him to the northwest in the abandoned farm. You know the one. Uh, no. That's where That's we were waiting. We were told to wait, though. We were told to bring him there. And then he Overbite was going to wait there for his new boss. Because he wanted to talk to Group 2. Hold up, hold up. And what do you mean Overbite has a new boss? Yeah, he's a really dark individual. He's, he's crazy yeah. eyes. So you got, that's it? That's the only description you got for me? It's not no, very I'm a helpful. henchman. You think I talked to the big dog? No, but I think you might have spotted him and you might know a few more things. But I might have to force it out of you, you know? This is all I know. Yeah, well, you're not much use to me then, are you? I could just kill you right now. You could kill me right now, but you said that you wouldn't. I lied. You so, know. unless you know anything of value, I guess this is curtains for you. Starts pulling out his short sword. Roll an intimidation check. Seriously, three. He looks towards you and smiles. He says, The show goes on. Mm. <laughs> but I don't need you to find overbite and I just shove my sword straight into his throat. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> He does. I don't like goblins. We established this. There's nothing I can do about it. No point crying over spilt milk. Spilt goblin blood anyway. In the distance you hear, Hello? Is anyone alive? It's incredibly quiet here. Ugh. The abandoned farm, eh? Yeah. What's this abandoned farm? So the, the abandoned farm, it's on the outskirts of Undercliff. Bugbear used to like to attack the village from there. Village loves to get attacked a lot. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where that goddamn militia is. I, mean, I suppose Group was the one who organized them. If they took him first, they wouldn't have had a chance to mobilize. We've handed over the devices. And if we go and attack, if we go and attack this abandoned farm, it's going to kill two birds with one stone. We take out that goblin raiding party that killed the two people on the path and we get Group back. Can we rest first? Short rest for an hour. Ah, uh, we can short rest for an hour. Is everyone hurt? Um, you regather and you cere- uh, during this rest, I'll say you ceremoniously lay the bodies out as best that you can in mm. the hallway. Uh, not in the hallway, in the actual temple underneath Mardol's watchful gaze. And as that hour passes, you patch yourselves up. You draw out a map as well, Halrod, I'll say, during this time of where this um, farm seems to be and what it looks like. So yeah, while you guys are resting, Halrod, you describe the location to your friends. Being on the northeastern side of Undercliff, you know that the family that used to live there sold up a long time ago and nobody ever bought the land again. Uh, it was a housing ground for Overbite, who is a bugbear, who frequently attacked before Halrod's formed his militia. And he hasn't been seen for a long time, but he seems to be back. Old bugbear, he's taking a, well, he's taking one or two spankings from me, but I think this time, this time, time is to put him down for good. Seeing as though he couldn't adhere to the agreement. I don't fully understand what a bugbear is. Is it like an intelligent being, or is it just a rambling he's monster? Oh, uh, he's mm, I, he's above average intelligence. It's like a it's like a goblin on steroids, really. Oh, does he have something you guys want or food, lodgings? Mead. You know, the usual. No, uh, it's not. He's it, just a he's just a bear who bugs people, basically. 
He has killed people in this town before. Oh, um, several times. He's he's raided the town for various nu- nutritional purposes, I guess you could say. But the nemesis-like relationship he's had with Halrod has kept him sort of coming back. Like he's never really been one to hatch a masterful plan like this in terms of a kidnapping. Like this seems a little bit strange and out of his purview. Like he doesn't really care about kidnapping people. I think it's... I, I, if I'm to take the word of a goblin, heavens, heavens to Betty, I don't do that. But it seems like he's working for somebody this time. Hmm. You reckon they're paying him in food and lodgings or something else? Food, where, whatever. See, that's all you guys had to do. Pay him? Yeah. To stop attacking us? Yeah. That's called extortion. Yeah, but it saves lives. Anyway, no So point. did my axe until a certain point. You have to be careful, though. I can only imagine the reason he came back again is because we were sighted in Undercliff a while ago. And whoever he's working for now has taken advantage of that. We'll have to use this time to come up with a... Uh... Yeah, so um, we run up, smack him in the mouth, and tell him to get lost. But he's, he's working for someone, the other one's there. We don't know about them. As when they scout the place out quietly. Could easily do that. I we approach from the trees and then through the crops. There's still rem- there should still be remnants of old crops there. We could sneak up on the place quite and quietly. We should also do it when it's dark. Is it dark now? Time? Uh after this hour's rest, I'd say that it's getting towards dusk now. So mm. by the time you venture there, night four would be a better up, time. It would be night. Perfect timing. Alright, let's do this. Sneak up. Let's go punch a bugbear in the mouth. And we probably should tell someone. Well, the only person I would Fleet. tell is the uh, is the, <laughs> the village headman, but he's kind of kidnapped by a bugbear. Well, there was a priestess. Ah, that's true. You could tell her on the way past. You finish your rest off and you eventually find your way out where you see the lady that was tending the garden seems to be conversing with some people that seem to be still continuing on with the festival. You watch as she turns around and she says, did you find group? I need to fetch him now. The eternal flame needs to be lit as night is falling. Um, Why do you all look so serious? My sister has a slight problem with that. Um, group has been taken by a bugbear named Overbite. We are all familiar with Overbite here. The temple was attacked by goblins. The priestesses inside have been murdered. You watch as her face falls. She says, no. Can't be true. The House of Martel will not be desecrated in this way. I'm afraid it's a true system and I'm so sorry. You watch as she looks to all of you and she says, I imagine you're going to hunt this vile creature down. Oh yeah, there's no warnings for Bugbear this time. He dies by my axe today. You watch as she begins moving her way inside and she says, I will perform the rites. Everybody will be distracted by the festival. If you return promptly with group, nobody needs to be the wiser. Don't want mass panic. Such was my thinking. Once this is resolved, we will tell the people of the town what has happened, and that the threat is over, and that these ladies lost their life in service of Mardol. And Mardol will bless and keep them. He moves inside away from you, and you slowly walk your way to the northern part of Undercliff, you get to your 
You get to your landmark rock where you know to turn to the east and you begin making your way to the old abandoned farm. You see the crops in the distance and the farmhouse that seems to be in disrepair as you sit on this hillside nestled amongst the trees. As night begins to fall and darkness illuminates or deluminates the area, you do see one small torchlight there. That does it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Tune in next time to catch up with our heroes. And make sure you're also following our socials at Instagram so you can keep up with all the show announcements, artwork, episodes, and giveaways. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, share this podcast to anyone who can't get enough of good stories, geeks out over narrative roleplay, and loves D&D. We'll see you next time.